بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ومن يطع الله ورسوله ويخشى الله ويتقي فاولئك هم الفائزون صدق الله العظيم وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الناس معادن كمعادن الذهب والفضه وكما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام I take this opportunity to greet each and every one of you that is present here and over the receivers with the most sublime of all greetings assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh I would like to pose a few very simple questions to which each and every one of us have the answers In the case of a vehicle if i just let any person service my vehicle and work upon it what will be the outcome of that vehicle in the same way i need to put up a wall or do some plastering in my home and i just get anybody who says i'm a jack of all trades and he puts up that wall likewise i'm running a business and i get an advisor for the business who says i can spell the word business so i can tell you about business what will be the outcome of it the outcome of the car it won't function properly the outcome of the wall it will fall down the outcome of the business you're going to end up bankrupt hypothetically if a person had to lose his vehicle allah save us from any type of losses hypothetically if a person has to lose some portion of his building hypothetically if the business had to go down what's the most that can happen the most is that i came into this world without any clothes i came in this world i could not speak allah gave me this car allah will give me another car allah will give me another home another wall another building and allah will replace my business so the idea that we are portraying and we are explaining is that a person has to take the right thing from the right source to get the right job done if all and sundry have they say and if each and every person feels i can explain this and do that then things are not going to go right when it comes to the dunyawi things as i just mentioned the losses can be recovered but when it comes to my deen when it comes to my deen if i'm going to live with this type of motto of sympathy empathy you know just cooperation for the sake of carrying on in this world then when a person sees the collapse in his life and he sees the problems in the qabr it's unlike the vehicle that can be bought again it's unlike the a wall that can be constructed again it's unlike the business that can flourish once again now the person is in deep water it's on kiamat's day and his connection to nabi ali salam probably was affected his connection with the sahaba probably was affected his connection with the quran sharif probably was affected as a result of which now he can't come back and sort it out friends the question is a very great question and we can remember our plight 
of this ummah with three W's. All of us see www dot this. There's also three W's. The question is, who am I taking my deen from? What's the first question? Who am I taking my deen from? Then it comes, where am I taking my deen from? And the third question, why am I taking my deen from this person or this source? One has to understand that amidst the daily routines of life, while the sun is rising and setting, and I'm going about my chores, just like how white ants eat up a door and I can't see it, just like how insects burrow under the earth and they weaken the foundations, they are the white ants among the human race that won the peril of humanity, destruction of humanity, destruction of Muslims, and destruction of Islam as a whole. Now I have to understand this. I'm not saying become locked into it and don't eat and don't sleep, don't smile and don't interact. We have to carry on with our normal lives. But as a Muslim, we are alert. We should know what is happening in a neighborhood. We should know what is happening in my town and city and province. We should know what's happening in the world with regards to especially my deen. What's happening with the score and who's playing this game and that game, that is part and parcel of luring the mind away from the objective. But what's happening to my deen? In other words, what skill of the one that wants the destruction of Islam and Muslims now, what bowl, what ball is he bowling now? So like I mentioned from this member some time ago, you'll find that at one stage to remove Muslims and, and Islam from the equation, it was done very blatantly. It was done very openly. And like we'll sweep dirt under the carpet, this entire carnage and entire killing of the Muslims and the scholars and those that were associated to the haq were swept under the carpet that history won't even know about this. Alhamdulillah, many have documented it, preserved it, and presented it now. So at one stage, this was a very easy way to sort out what is in their terms, we are the termites, we are the spokes in the wheels. But as the world has become, as people say, a global village, what's happening in another part of the east, we can know here in the south, What's happening in the West, we can know here in the South and North in a split second. So this type of modus operandi, this type of skill to just vacuum the Muslims out, close the shop of Islam, is not so easy. So now we all know that using a sports example, when a bowler cannot bowl somebody on a normal bowling, now he will try full toss. Now he's no more playing the game, he's playing the player. Now he's no more playing the game, he's playing the player. Now this is where we have to up our game, wake up and smell the roses. What game is being played at the moment? In the game of cards, we don't advocate all this, but because we live in a society where we gel with this example, so we say, what card is he using as a trump card now? What are they throwing down now? It is now the time of negotiation. It is now the time that 
you scratch my back, I scratch your back. I'm for you, you for me. Now this type of phenomena is not the first time. On a daily basis, somewhere in our salah, at least it's coming that we are reading this particular surah, surah kafirun. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Kul ya ayyuhal kafirun. La a'abudu ma ta'abudun. Wala antum a'abiduna ma a'abud. Wala ana a'abidun ma abadtum. Wala antum a'abiduna ma a'abud. Lakum deenukum waliyadeen. Now what happened here, in a brief translation, say O disbelievers, I do not worship what you worship, nor do you worship what I worship. And I won't worship what you worship, and you won't worship what I worship. For you is your religion, for me is mine. This particular type of presentation of a compromise that let's work together in our religions is not from now. Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam received revelation. Surah Kafirun very openly explains to us that where we stand with regards to functioning with people. Yes, as far as a person might have a commodity to sell, I'll interact with you. You my neighbor, thank you, how are you, goodbye. But it doesn't go uh, uh, beyond that. In other words, a Muslim, he keeps, he keeps itar and he keeps tasbih in his pocket. No one else comes in his pocket. And he doesn't go in anybody else's pocket. So what happened was, when Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam, in the beginning he was known as Sadiq, Alameen, the truthful, the trustworthy. Imagine from that height of accolade of praises, now Rasulullah commences his mission in which he's calling towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's calling to an end an abolishment of idolatry, he's calling to an end to all this jahalat and ignorant customs, and he's saying, worship one Allah, I'm the final Nabi, Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. No sooner he started the dawat, but it rhymes so well. When the Rasul of Allah started his dawat, then there was adawat. When he started his mission, then they went against him 100%. But nonetheless, they tried talking to the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Who? In the tafsir it comes, Walid, ibn, Walid bin Mughira, As bin Wa'il, and... Aswad bin Muttalib and Ubay bin Khalaf, four people from the Quraysh, from the Arabs, came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would compromise that, look, we're ready to worship Allah. They're ready to worship Allah, but Nabi alayhi salatu wasallam, na'udhu billah, must also worship the idols. Hulat and Uzza and all the different names of the idols. Then it's also mentioned, another compromise was put in front by another evil person. That why don't you worship the idols for one year and we will worship Allah for one year. When they could see that with the fountainhead of all piety, the greatest human being, you're challenging him. What level Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam is on? He's the greatest of all the creation, closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the creation. So then they tell him that look, if it doesn't work like this, then why don't you even kiss our idols? Just kiss them and we will worship Allah. Worship for one year? No. You worship? No. Kiss the idols? No. We got nothing to do with your religion. Yes, we won't go around uh, naming and faming and framing people and 
deriding anybody's uh, uh, belief systems. That's not in, uh, uh, wooden us to go about and start fighting with the people. What you want to do, you do. But me, I've got a Qibla, I've got a Kaaba, I've got a book, I've got a prophet, I've got a day and a night and a program for me. So now, what is the, what is the plan? The plan at this time that is being presented to humanity, the Muslim community, the Muslim ummah, that look, compromise what you have. Let's work together. You must accept my religion, I will accept your religion, and together we will go somewhere. Al-Kufru Millatun Wahida. Remember, they are one body. When a person will present this type of compromise, first of all, we will not come into this type of compromise. First of all, we will not come into it. But perchance, if a person has to say, right, let's see what you got to offer. Remember, never ever will you find them bowing down to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person can be how friendly you want. Eventually, the snake or the wolf will show his true colors. It came in a sheepskin. Beloved Muslims, beloved brothers, at this moment, there's an attack on Sahaba, Ridwan Ta'ala Ali Majma'in. What is the attack? If a person's belief on the Sahaba is, is, is derided and it is eroded and corroded and it's out of his heart, with regards to them, there's kadurat and reservation in the heart. Then what connection he got left with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi For it is these sahaba that taught us what Nabi alayhi salatu left behind. And if we take them out of the equation, what's left? So be careful. At the same time, the finality of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, khataman nabiyyin sallallahu alayhi pak Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi is the finality of all the prophets. Any person can come forward. Any person can present his argument. That look, there is an academic argument. There is something that is coming from a scholarly verdict. We say keep all your verdict and fly kite even if it's not windy. We've got a Quran Sharif and we've got our Hadith Sharif. We've got our scholars and we've got nothing to do with you. So there's an attack on the finality of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Where they say, he is like this, but no, there is more to come. There's an attack on the Quran Sharif. Look, Allah Ta'ala will protect the Quran. But I am mentioning what is the, you know, the modus operandi. How do they want to get to corrode the iman of people? Right. That the Quran Sharif, we know from Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, right to Minal Jinnati Wan Nas, complete Quran. Attack on the Quran. No, there's something left out, something to come, something will come. Then, the fuqaha and the, the, uh, the great jurists, they have gone through great lengths of unpacking the hadith of Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam, presenting it to the ummah. They say, no, do you want to follow the prophet or do you want to prof- uh, 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 follow the scholars? So now a person, when he's caught up with this type of question, he say, hey, what a question he put to me. Follow the Prophet or follow the scholar? The scholar is following the Prophet, so I have to follow the Prophet also, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now a person doesn't understand that look, the scholars that are presenting the teachings of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, whose teachings they're presenting? Something from their mind, something from their head? No. 
these teachings are based on Rasulullah sallallahu life. And if you find any difference in them, it's not because there's a difference of that level. It's a difference that sometime Nabi alayhi salam did this in his life, sometime he did that in his life, sometime he read salah standing, sometime he read salah sitting. This faqih or this jurist, he will say, this is what I came across and the ummah will practice on that. This is what I came across and the ummah will practice on that. Indirectly what happens is that the lifestyle of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam is preserved in the practices of the fuqaha and those people who have understood the deen. My dear friends, we as a community, Alhamdulillah, we went to madrasa. And I take out my hat for all those people that had set up madrasa work. is based on what they taught us that today we can read our namaz correctly. Am I right? Bhai? And those that probably didn't get a chance to learn, either they went in the jamaat work and they learned it in the talim classes there. Or they came back to the local masjid, they had fikr, and they contacted the ulama. So whatever way, the deen that we have, we are functioning with it. But look, let us face the truth. The inner depths of our deen, to give academic arguments, is not the prerogative of every person. As much as I love the deen, as much as I care for the deen, I read durood upon Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, I read my Quran, I come to the masjid, I give my zakat, I go for hajj, I'm a good Muslim. But when it comes to Islamic arguments, deeni arguments, I'm not equipped. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it such, likulli fannin rijal. For every subject, for every faculty, they are the experts of that faculty. They will handle those things that need to be handled. Look, the basic tire in the car I can change. You understand? Put the jack and carry on. Can give the car a wash. Small dent came in the car, you can put some you know, chip paint, whatever. But something where the needle is overheating now, can I start interfering with the engine? You look at it, you can't understand what's inside. So the basics I can carry on with. Now what's happening to our Muslim woman with that basic education, which is great also. Alhamdulillah, we see when we go to Makkah Sharif, Medina Sharif, then we understand and appreciate the South African populace. We understand how, how much this basic education is helping them. Whereas in other nations, without prejudice to them, in Medina Sharif, they're asking, where's the Kaaba? And in Makkah Sharif, they're asking, where's the Rosa? They don't even know that much. By and large, the South African Muslim had an educated batch. I mean, everybody here that is seated, he's got some knowledge of his deen, some, some association with his religion. But the deeper parts of our deen, if I'm going to stand up and I'm going to face it, I'm going to lose very badly. You see, when these arguments from the Ahle Batil, from the people of falsehood are being presented, they're not going to come and tell you that this is my plan. <laughs> Nobody baits a rat, tell a rat, this is rat tax you must eat. You find they put that, you know, all that, that poison in such a way that it's covered with nice sugar, but inside is the poison. So how they will present it? In the name of a scholar that will come clad like you can't believe. When you look at him, you say, hey, this is a real scholar, man. My Molana Katani Sab, he's a scholar, but look, he don't dress like this, man. Look at his dressing, you know. He's something out of this world. Look at his robe. Or look at his scarf. Or look at his eloquence in how he's presenting his talk. 
Or probably he got a twang in his speech because he came from a country that got twangs. So the ummat, by and large, will an impressionable, gullible ummat. When we see something, kullu jadidun lazizun, the old Molana that keep coming here and with a small page and trying to guide, he is an old broom, he can't sweep like how this new vacuum is doing the job. So this is a zamana with social media. This is a zamana and era where we all exposed to so many things. So they'll have a beautiful picture of Medina Sharif in the back. And we all, alhamdulillah, the moment we hear the name Medina Sharif, the moment we hear the word Kaaba Sharif, Makkah Muazzama, our heart melts. So when a person is given a frame, Makkah Sharif, alhamdulillah, you know, it's a picture of the Kaaba. Medina Sharif is a picture of the green dome. So these programs or whatever is being set up is like baited with poison. And it is being presented in such a way that it leaves a person thinking, you know, hey, what arguments they presented here, man? This is a true knowledge that they got. Look how he's quoting verse after verse. Look how he's quoting hadith after hadith. Look how he's pulling out this proof and that proof. And my scholar, he didn't give all this. So slowly what happens, a person won't bring it on his tongue, he bring it in his heart. That what I learned is good for the moment. But these things, what they explaining to me, are never, you know, is like something that they kept hidden from me. So based on this, they leave that poison in the heart. So the next time I look at an alim, the next time I look at a jamaat work, the next time I look at a zikr program, they doing something good, but it's not like what I've seen and what I've heard. So the question is, who I'm taking my deen from? Where am I taking my deen from? What is that organization's, you know, underlying motto? Everyone has some motto, the school got a motto, you know, by concord and harmony, or whatever, you know, but with education and light. What is your motto, what you are presenting? Don't just come and bluff me with pictures of Mecca and Medina Sharif. Don't just come and present to me your eloquent uh, speech in different languages and, 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 and with your wonderful dress and your, your, your fancy reception. What is your objective of what you're telling me? If you ask a person in Jamaat work, what is your object of tabligh? He say to bring alive the deen as it was in a time of Rasulullah Pak sallam. That every home must become like a sahabi's home. Every business must become like how they did business. And every person to come somewhat close to the sahaba. We've got an objective in front. Ask a madrasa, what? You're running a darulum, uh, muhtamim sahab. What is your objective? My objective is what? That I want every person to learn the deen, practice the deen, from here spread the deen and make others do the same. So you've got an objective. Ask the people in the khanka line, what is your objective? Every person to reach that point that he will please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fulfill Allah's right and fulfill the people's right and go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a clean slate. By and large, every organization, every body that is working for the humanity will give you their motto and explanation. I'm asking a question. When you, Mr. So-and-so, is presenting your speech to my people in Durban, you're presenting your entire, uh, you know, your reception to the humanity. What do you want out of them? Now we must start thinking. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala gave us understanding. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us foresight. We understand for my car, I need a proper uh, expert and an engineer. For my building, I need an architect. For my business, I need a right accountant. But for my deen, where I take it from? That time I'm becoming blind. Unfortunately, my dear friends, if a person has to go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
with sins, that is in his place that, you know, a person shouldn't sin. But end of the day, at least his belief was right and then he made mistakes. But if a person goes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a condition that his belief is upside down, his belief about Nabi alayhi salam is upside down, his belief about Sahaba is upside down, his belief about Quran is upside down, now what is going to do in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So this is a serious question, my dear friends. So we say it as it said in Surah Kafirun, that I do not worship what you worship, and you do not worship what I worship. And they say the third, the, the fourth and fifth of the, uh, uh, verses of this particular surah is actually a repetition. Why? There's many academic explanations, but for the benefit of the majma that is here, is to emphasize, we will not worship what you worship, and you will not worship what we worship. Unless you become a Muslim, then you'll worship what we worship. Lakum deenukum waliyadeen. For you is your religion, and for me is my deen. Dear brothers and elders, respected listeners over the receivers, we have got children that are impressionable. If I am not careful on the subject, and if I'm just going to let all and sundry come into my life and into my focus and into my curriculum of life, then I'm treading deep waters. Here in Durban you see two flags. Swim here, don't swim there is a rip current. Rip current, you can still come out of it if you know something about swimming. Just stay still, float, you can come out. But this is such a rip current, it rips the iman. And it's taking you to the sharks. After that, they'll only find one topi and one kurta out of being floating out. So dear brothers, when I am presented with an academic argument from any source, and a man is taking me left, right and center, Bukhari, Muslim, you say, wait, 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 this man, all the time I heard them saying Bukhari, this one saying Bukhari, hey, that means he knows how to say Bukhari also. Yeah, this thing is coming in this kitab, that kitab. Right, what do I do? What do I do? How do I come out of this? A simple explanation. See, by if, if you have got a bout with me, then it's like you're fighting with a child. Obviously, age-wise, we're the same. Height-wise, we're the same. Probably, I'm bigger than you in size also. But look, you have researched your arguments for yourself. And me, I'm just a businessman, I'm just a doctor, I'm just a, a taxi driver, I go to a small shop corner, a spots road, I'm just packing shelves somewhere in one supermarket. Why are you fighting with me? Can I give you the respect of the proper platform? You see, I read my Juma in Masjid Hilal. There's a set of Ayimma there, Ulama, and there's a great Alim there also, and there's Ulama that come there. Can I do you a favor? Give me your phone number. Give me your email address. Right. What I'm going to do? Get you a cup of tea with biscuits also. And you can meet my scholar. You fight apples with apples, boy. Apples for apples, you know. Why are you fighting a small fruit like me? You'll see the man will say, he say, no, it came in the kitabs, I should not fight with anybody. Because now he realizes. He realizes when he'll come and he will present his argument, in one tick's time he'll squash him up like that. In one tick's time, in one flick of the finger, you just present to him, this present to him, this present. What have you got to say about this ayat? What have you got to say about this hadith? You're looking at the hadith without context. Few basic explanation. And the person will say, no, 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 I can see that, your, you know, your scholar, he's not too clued up on what I'm trying to say, so let's just call it a truce and, you see why? You handled him the right way. But, 
if I'm going to do what other people have done, and that is engage in an argument. First of all, arguments never helped anybody. The date of proper Laylatul Qadr was taken away by an argument. And now we're fighting over a dini argument that I'm not clued up about. If I'm going to handle this particular argument, I'm going to get knocked down so badly. And when a person's pride is wounded, or his ego is taken advantage of, then to show allegiance, he's now going to follow. So dear brothers, I've taken this opportunity in a very holistic way. I never go into anything that is directly, you know, presenting it to you, that look, this is what happened, this is how it's happening. The Capfords wear it, you know what I'm talking about. You know it's happening. Right? I merely just gave the, you know, when you take the GPS, it gives you a route now. Now it's for us to take the vehicle and drive. I can't sit with you in the car and say, turn right, turn left. The idea is you got a route map now. Now, after seeing which way is to get to the masjid, which way is to get to Kaaba, which way is to get to Rasulullah which way is to get to the Quran, which way is to get to the Sahaba, which way is to get to Allah. And after that, I press the wrong buttons and I redial, you know, in the GPS, in my ways, I take my own ways. Now I'm gone somewhere else. So this is what we can do for the member. My dear friends, in conclusion, I like to say, in Durban, we got many dini works. One is a jamaat work, the tabligh work, join this work. Alhamdulillah, a lot of barakat in that. Together with that, there's masjid work, maktab work, learning and teaching that is carrying on. Alhamdulillah, every now and then the announcement is made, adult classes in the back, take advantage of this. Daily talim taking place, take advantage. Then our mashayikh have the zikr majalis and there's interaction with them and talking to them, you know, where we can learn our deen, take advantage of this. Inshallah, the same three questions, who, where and why, if I can take it to the right person, which who? My right person. Where? The right institution. Why? For the sake of Allah and Rasulullah Pak Sallallahu Deen. If I'm going to do this, my iman is going to be saved. Inshallah al-Aziz, it will be saved. Whatever will come from whichever direction, however they will bowl it, however they will say it, Inshallah, Inshallah, I got full hope. I got full hope seated on this member that despite the waters and the turbulent currents that are coming, our boat will handle it by the mercy of Allah. We're not eligible. We're not able to do it. But Allah will take us across. But if I play a dicey Islam, you know where the question come, why? The third W is why, isn't it? Third one is why. Why am I taking it? A lot of people are taking the deen. Why? Is a more, they use this word. Oh, no, no, this scholar presented something that's more palatable. He said when you travel, you can engage in a certain way. This nikah that you're all talking about, but when you travel, there's a... Oh, you see, it's, it's a religion of convenience now. Why am I taking to the, to, to the new scholars? Not because my old ones didn't have originality. The price I have to pay for that is some kurbani, I have to bite the nail and follow. But in the new presentation, it's azad, it's free. You see, it's so liberal. What words can I use? You'll know the words better than me. It's, it's like a bird that is soaring the blue yonder. I got no allegiance to anybody, man. So when a person got no allegiance to anybody, then what happens? Nafs and shaitan become his sheikh and become his peer and murshid. And these people, they become his main leaders. As a result of which down the line, his life just goes down and down and down and down till his moat also goes upside down. His cover also is upside down. His hashar is also upside down. So also, I'll end up with this dua. Everyone can read this dua. Everyone can read it with me. I'll read very, very, very... Uh, what you call in, in peace, peace, so we can. Allahumma, arina al haqqa haqqa, warzukna tiba'a. 
وَأَرِنَ الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلَ وَرْزُقْنَ اشْتِنَابَ What does it mean? Oh Allah, show me the truth as truth and allow me to follow the truth. وَأَرِنَ الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلَ And show me the thorns, show me the wrong, show me who's far away from Sirat al-Mustaqeem. وَرْزُقْنَ اشْتِنَابَ And give me the quality and ability to make each tinab from it. This is a very great and powerful dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and guide us and protect us.